0: Hello. Let's start. Uh, you're listening to Pop Brain. Pop Brain. I'm Weird. Ralph. I'm Richard. We were just before we went on air talking about a meme uh, that is a screenshot of a text conversation <laughs> between a man <laughs> and a woman, we,
1: which is already the kind of the, <laughs> the most like absurd mediated object, right? Yeah. It's a, a screenshot of a meme of
0: like a a conversation, but it's like probably a faked conversation.
1: No, I think I think it's real. No, I, I mean, it's
0: definitely relatable. The The woman says, "I faked all my orgasms." And the man says, "I'd already seen every meme you sent me a month before."
1: Yeah, and I, I think these are essentially equivalent. <laughs> yeah, that's the the meme. Yeah.
0: The meme. It's that like, it's a it's a joke, but actually it's true. Yeah, humors where it's it seems trivial and obvious, like the sensual power of an orgasm versus like, you know, some meme. But actually, like the sense of sharing humor. And I was just saying how, actually, it is one of the few kind of social. Uh, social manners things that I do find a problem with when someone shows me a meme that I may have given a huge lameo capital letters, you know, emoji response when I first saw it. And obviously um, that response is not going to be forthcoming the second or third time around. And that is just bad luck for the person who sends it to me late. Um, in some perceived timeline, obviously, like, you know, late. Like, I, w- when does a meme come out? There's, there's no real rules rules to these things, you know. Um but yes, I uh I feel intensely awkward. Not about burping ever, but about when someone shows me a meme and I've already seen it and I want that person to feel the joy that the first person who showed it to me felt when I responded to it. Um but it's just not gonna happen and so I can't I can't fake my meme gasms, in fact.
1: I think what's okay, so this is there's a, there's a kind of interesting comparison here, I think, to be made with uh, the stock market, yeah. right? In the sense that I wish, too, that I had bought Doge before Elon Musk was like, everyone buy Doge, it's the, mm-hmm. the currency of the future, you know, Bitcoin's too slow and so on. And then it was like, the pump the Doge price, you know, 3,000 times, right? Like, uh, yeah. I wish I had done that. I didn't. I did buy Doge after it, but I didn't mm-hmm. expect any kind of profitable return on having bought Doge uh, a few months. Indeed was later. there any profitable return? From no, that's I, I, so I bought 50 you quid worth Doge on Coinbase, it's now worth nineteen.
0: Oh fuck, mate!
1: Yeah, disaster. But Ethereum stonks are doing well, though.
0: Okay. I want to talk about crypto as pop, as a kind of pop culture. Please go ahead. I do, I know very little about crypto. Um, I have a general, I have an anti-gambling stance. I think it's sinful, so I don't. <laughs> I don't get involved. You got any opinions on usury? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I don't do it. Oh, but no. I'm very curious about it because obviously, it's obviously huge. NFTs are the new the new thing. Um, I, I had to explain NFTs to my dad the other day. That was that was very interesting. Yeah, um, we are living in a crypto world, and it's going to increasingly be the case, especially now with um, uh, Russia. One of the well, obviously because um, the West aren't able to send um, troops into the region. They are doing everything they can to sanction financially and technologically, yep. the country of the Russian Federation. And um crypto is is, is, is is in some way involved. Um,
1: well, that's an interesting thing you should say that because I, I also thought this would happen but uh, there was a graph I saw the other day on Adam Tooze's blog no less. The ones and twos? No, uh, that's, 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 that's the podcast so with sorry, foreign sorry. policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is the chart book where he, he looks at this and the volumes are like maybe $60 million being mm-hmm. take, put into Bitcoin from Russia which is like really not that much. Okay. That's kind of tiny volume. So there. the ruble
0: is tanking and they're not actually transferring their wealth. No, they, they're going. Well, they're just not they using can't Bitcoin. Really. Not using Bitcoin. Not using Bitcoin. But don't are, know where. are they using Ethereum? Are they using any other cryptocurrencies?
1: Uh, Doge. I don't know. No, no I have no idea. <laughs> Doge. Doge. <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of has a ring to it. Yeah, we should. Um, Doge gun. Doge gun. Um, but no, It's fine. We can be offensive to Russians because they are the scum of the earth now, according, yeah, according e- to people on, <laughs> on my Instagram feed. <laughs> They are now a uh, legitimate. You can just erase their content from arts programming, regardless of the political positions of the. the, the yeah, the problem is that Dostoevsky has, uh, you know, supported Putin. This is the problem. Yeah, yeah. he he, 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 uh, he left a little thing. You know, who
1: else has unapologetically supported Putin throughout this whole thing? Frederick Engels. Engels. <sighs> this is a reference to two attempts at cancellation one removing a statue of engels one um, removing dostoevsky's writing from like, a library or something
0: these are attempts well the, yeah the the, the 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 statue has not been brought down but there were concerns expressed and there was a meeting convened i believe according to a tweet um from an institution in manchester um that home the the foremost art center in um or the largest art center in in manchester which has a Soviet-era statue of angels outside yeah. it. Um, it was speculated that perhaps it, it should be taken down in the manner that the statues of slave owners have been taken down um, uh, in recent years uh, in response to the Black Lives Matter movement, which I just can't begin to... Uh, yes, no, this, this. It's just, I cannot begin. <laughs> the, uh, the lack of sense of any history whatsoever in this, it really does make you despair... Uh, it, you know you think you, you look back on good things that happened like the colson statue being st- being pulled down which was a marvelously jubilant event and you think god uh, you know maybe s- s- how many pe- how many of the people who cheered yeah. that on really knew what the fuck they were talking about like does anyone like there is a, it, it is a you know I, I have reasonable faith in ordinary people but i think that a lot of the people who hold power in the arts certainly are a professional managerial class um, uh, bureaucrats who are who mediate everything through bad tweets good tweets um, backlash and have no facility for thinking about history or politics on their own no facility for thinking or defending a controversial idea uh, outside of its its time i when it's not a controversial idea they're incapable of thinking something that's not currently fashionable um
1: or even understand what Engels' relationship to Russia might be. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. But but to do that, to to be able to, you know, the people in history who we look back on and celebrate are very often people who who were against the grain. You know, uh, Galileo, Martin Luther King, whatever, like people <laughs> people who thought things that were not generally what everyone else thought, and they stood by those things because they they had a they thought for themselves independently. Um, and uh, I don't expect every um, every uh, arts producer or 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 kind of gallery manager in in, up and down the country that have the uh, the level of intellect of of, um martin luther king but i would have i would have expected there to be some kind of curiosity a a basic curiosity about a statue and, and who the statue is of um rather than this frankly xenophobic approach to russian culture generally which has happened it's not the biggest tragedy of what's going on in the world right now, but it does sort of uh, expose for me like an extraordinary ignorance and and um um bean counting what's the what's the phrase? Just sort of self-serving nature of um many people who have the power to to cancel and put things on.
1: I think the this is the almost the exact sense in which for the PMC class uh, history genuinely has ended, mm. in the sense that the outside or they—they they don't really understand themselves to be hegemonic. I think it genuinely is contested the question of who is hegemonic yeah. and what is hegemonic in, in in contemporary society. But nevertheless, insofar as they do understand themselves to be the norm carriers of society, they nevertheless think that that is the position, the right position mm. to be in. Even though, as you were saying, like there is no historical period in which you would be like, yes, it is power, like the people in power who are the good ones. <laughs>
0: but they genuinely i mean it's the it's the symptom of having a conservative government and having a culturally very left-wing art sector who constantly think they are starting a revolution but what they're actually doing is kind of um preaching to an echo chamber it's a revolution of manners yeah exactly um they're just concerned with behavior and manners and the dimensions you know the dimensions of of gender politics the dimension of class politics even that manifest uh, culturally, that manifest through uh, anecdotal behavior rather than through actual economic power, and through labor rights and through um, you know geopolitics. Even they don't seem to have an understanding of that.
1: Whereas the position of Pop Brain on this is the is for the self abolition of the working class through seizing the means of production and converting it to.
0: Uh, Communism. i would like that actually but you know we it's diff- getting from a to b is challenging <laughs> <laughs> that's my official position <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm i'm I, I am i do support um communist revolution absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah, course yeah. um but it's it's never really happened in a way that one can say um oh that's sick let's do that
1: We've kind of wandered off the point here, which is the thing about the meme. (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 the thing about the meme. I I want to kind of drag it back to that because in some ways this is relevant, right? Yeah. In that there is pleasure and value itself applied to the idea of contemporaneity in pop culture. And one of the kind of the most striking things, I think, about talking to people about pop culture and the almost kind of adversariality of Mm -hmm. lots of those conversations is about how much of a value, intense value, is placed on knowing something already. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, pop has this kind of contradiction. I think I mentioned before, uh, maybe another book, another episode. is that In some ways, like, the experience of pop as a consumer mm-hmm. is that you are supposed to be reveling in the new. Mm-hmm. And yet, as a kind of a critic of it, yeah. you're supposed to already know the thing. Yeah. Right, and so you're kind of stuck in this mind where everything can must be simultaneously absolutely novel and yeah. absolutely predictable to you. Mm. And, and you get, it,
0: everything exists on a tipping point where it's like, does something... Become, you know, like when does billy Eilish become someone w- we have to talk about? You know, like when does when does the critical mass? Or when does a certain incident or a certain meme or you know West End West Elm Caleb or Caroline Calloway? When do the, like certain people tip over into being like pop and to being like okay, we well, all well when
1: they, when they appear on pop right? <laughs>
0: Yes, which is often very late. Yeah, <laughs> several several what days do, behind the news we cycle do the this, We do this as well. It's a weekly podcast. We can't. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can't. Um, uh, one day, maybe perhaps we'll be talking about pop every day. But um, but no, it 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 that will be communism. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That will be true. True luxury.
1: Yeah. If you want, if you want, uh, pop brain to continue as a project, which you do, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Do it. Do us a solid and uh, do have a, a communist revolution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just do a do a little revolution. Yeah. And and uh, I'll give you a clue. It won't start by pulling down a statue of Friedrich Engels in Manchester. <laughs> Frederick Engels. Frederick. Didn't you call him Richard? Friedrich. I called him.
1: Oh, I thought you said Richard Engels. No, no, no. I was like, that's oh, yeah, that's
0: your bit solipsistic there. Yeah. <laughs> Not uncharacteristically.
1: I think it's kind of interesting that like knowingness has mm-hmm. become an interesting, as becoming an integral part of experiencing pop culture. Yeah. In part because, like we've talked before about the kind of the entrainment. That mm-hmm. pop songs in particular put you through. Yeah. But memes, because they have such low stakes as things to interact with, right? Like you can grasp a meme mm-hmm. within a second. And if you can't grasp a meme within a second, then it's a bad meme. Right? Yeah. Because it relies on this kind of strange combination of knowingness and unknowingness, So things mm. that you know and also don't know simultaneously. Yeah. And this and in this sense it's very similar to uh Ted Cohen's um theory of jokes, which I think I've mentioned also before. Have I mentioned this before?
0: Just give us the one it.
1: Okay, so the which is that jokes are funny because they surface or make explicit mm-hmm. some kind of shared piece of common knowledge mm-hmm. that we didn't know we shared. Mm-hmm. So it's a way of establishing intimacy, basically, yeah. through the kind of the surfacing of this piece of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are great examples of, of exactly kind of how this works um, that he gives in his his book mm-hmm. on, on jokes and, and memes are very much that memes are this kind of this. Um, the surface of a global common assumption, mm-hmm. right? And if you look, if you think about like what viral tweets are as well, like these kind of viral tweets, does anyone else blah blah blah? Yeah, it's yeah. like an extension of observational comedy in some sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Observational I had this very strange experience with my girlfriend's boss. We were, we were in a pub, and um and he, as he was getting drunker and drunker, he started talking. He had to go to the loo, and we all started obviously when you get to a certain point in the night, you're like. There's, it's one trip to the loo per pint basically you know? yeah, yeah, yeah um and um and he was like and then he started talking about when you go to the loo at a pub and you and you meet for the second or third time and you're seeing someone who you saw the last time you were in your <laughs> and you're sort of syncing up and stuff and initially it was very funny because it was like oh that's funny that's something i haven't thought i haven't thought that consciously about but like yeah I guess it sort of happens or like it's sort of also just funny because it's about the loo and it, you're not supposed to talk about the loo so there's some sort of minor taboo well, yeah, broken. So like, yeah, yeah. but then yeah, as he got drunk and drunk he just kept going on and on about syncing amazing. up syncing up with people in the pub. and then oh, apparently amazing. my girlfriend spoke to him the, the following day at work and, and he, he had no recollection of mentioning this, an, this thing about the loo at all. Well that means he can do it again right? because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's only implicit. Can't but it know, was like so. it was a full like he had this real like uh, kind of James Acaster energy he was just like really pushing this thing and he was like you know and like pointing at me as the other man in the, in the situation because I think everyone else there was a woman it was like five of us um, and I uh, was like you understand what I mean anyway. and when you go to the urinal and you go like, oh you again oh okay yeah. and yeah it was like this It was, but it was like the, the uh, observational comedy moment yeah. like he just had to keep but he didn't have any other things it was just that like being turned over and I thought god yeah now you really do see how the sausage is made This is James Acaster. This is how. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. this This is is all it is. All it is is just like getting drunk. I found myself analyzing jokes in a way that I don't normally like to analyze jokes, but I because it was kind of falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt the need to identify the the various bits.
1: And one of the kind of the interesting kind of transformations, I guess, in this kind of tension between knowingness and unknowingness, or like finding the new thing, and already already experiencing something, Mm. or already knowing something rather, is the vibe the mood and so on which mm. you 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 grok instantly like you grasp it yeah. like immediately because it is sort kind of throughout your body mm. and throughout the kind of the the, the the body and like everyone around you and they're all experiencing mm. the same mood but nevertheless you can't know it yeah right like the vibe is always something new ungraspable unknowable mm. almost kind of like it's like interesting is that in the pop commodities recently um systems of like drug consumption um Pieces of pop music, mm-hmm. dance music, and I first basically I think I wrote something about this in like 2017, mm-hmm. but now someone has written a much longer thing about it and therefore much more seriously about it, even though they're, as I should point out, five years late to this thought.
0: <laughs> so, this is an article that you Just shared, article. <laughs> shared with me called Vibe Mood Energy.
1: Yeah, Vibe Mood Energy is in the Drift uh, link in the show notes if I remember, probably not. And um,
0: who is this writer?
1: No idea, Mitch got a silly french name so
0: um xenophobia already no is that not a i support it yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) anti-french he's probably canadian or something oh what even worse terrible
0: okay here we are not that having the article open is necessarily gonna be that helpful but yeah uh vibe mood energy or bust time re-enchantment now richard could you please explain to me and the listeners why this article feels important
1: the article feels important because it it simply says something out loud <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh people have thought for a long time mm-hmm. that there is something in the production of moods as opposed to production of particular feeling objects mm-hmm. of culture that I think has become particularly central to pop culture mm-hmm. the production of atmospheres and mm-hmm. so on, partially because the forms of sensation that popular culture pop culture objects are capable of producing are no longer. Don't have the kind of the architectural solidity that allows them to sustain long term narratives, long term um, development over over the course of kind of um, days, months, weeks, years, and so on. I don't think that we have that anymore as a kind of pop culture. What's
0: an example of us having had that before? Um, like long TV series like The Sopranos operas, and The Y. Yeah, precisely. And The Y, yeah. Of course, yeah. they still
1: exist, but they mostly exist.
0: I feel like Succession is fulfilling that role. In terms of but
1: Succession is released on is it Netflix. No, it's, no, it's HBO. HBO it comes out every week.
0: Oh, okay, so it yes. doesn't. It's not come out all at once. So a, this is yeah. what I was thinking
1: about the Netflix kind of show yeah. that like is released all at once, and therefore mm. you just kind of
0: it just disperses. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, but but also just you um, experience it uh, when you watch it. Like you experience like, one nine-hour
0: block, right? If you choose to watch it in that way, I suppose there is a, there's a kind typical. of run. There's a there's a binge run at where yeah. like, um, and that didn't happen actually with the the genius the kanye documentary which we we'll which we'll talk about a bit later um which was released weekly but yeah in general there is all your friends are talking about it so whoever's seen everything first will then will then have all the spoilers and all the knowledge um yeah that's a kind of And yeah, then there's a yeah. race to catch up with them basically
1: yeah so i'm kind of wondering what like is it just that you want to be able to have a conversation about it that means that knowingness becomes such a kind of a social weapon mm-hmm, or something yeah. Right, like is it, is it just the, the 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 need to know, or is it like a kind of a? I I think of knowing this somehow as when people do this gesture. Not mentioning anyone in particular, people do this gesture with like, oh, you haven't heard of that thing. Yeah. Like, I get the sense that there's a kind of a performance of being the optimal or perfect kind of
0: subject. Yeah, it's keeping up with the changes. Yeah,
1: but it's keeping up with like the 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 global pop culture. It's keeping up with the Kardashians. Keeping, yeah, it's keeping up with with like the keep. It's keeping up with keeping up with the Kardashians. yeah.
0: <laughs> But I think that there are, but that, that yeah, there. Are, I mean, I would sort of be quite snobbish now and say like, there are, kind of TV shows like this TV show Chloe, yeah, um, which I'll maybe talk about a little bit. Um, it's a BBC show, um, uh, a kind of show that was it's, it's written and directed, but written or written at least by um, and created by Alice Sebright, um, who worked on Sex Education, which was a Netflix TV series um it's a drama about a woman a working class woman in bristol whose mum is kind of going a bit who lives with her mom who's going a bit loopy and she uh has a childhood friend who's just uh killed herself under mysterious circumstances and she and the was she, she a vice president of Gazprom? no but we'll get onto that <laughs> uh and so she uh, chloe is the name is is the name of the the, the childhood friend who's just died um And Becky is the real name of um, the protagonist, but she um, goes by Sasha and another name at various points in the show. Uh, She unveils herself in Chloe's um, upper middle class PMC group of friends, changes her accent, um, gets to know all these people and gets to know their secrets and helps them out and pretends to have more money than she does in a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy way, which means she ends up kind of you know genuinely being part of their circle and then like and uh, what's her face oh uh, this one that's netflix stories about, yeah, yeah yeah. but then of course you know the mask slips and she's in too deep and blah 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 um but uh but yeah it's oh sorry let me see that um it's uh it, 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 yeah but it's filmed in this extraordinarily conventional way with these ghastly flashbacks that are just you know there's a bit where she's had sex with this guy who's whose wife has just died, the woman woman who suicided. Um, And uh, in the morning he says, oh, it's just a bit too soon. I know she's gone, but it still feels like she's here. And then it cuts to like a shot of him sort of on the bed, she's there with her with it like excruciating the ghost of the woman is there it's like
1: an excruciating kind of literalness
0: yeah yeah it's it, it that is exactly what it is an excruciating kind of literalness and then it cuts back to like the main character being like mm-hmm. yeah i understand and it's like i i don't want to just say this is like dumb bad filmmaking i want to say this is like a response to some perceived idea of the attention economy some perceived idea of how even though it's produced by the bbc it was Binge dumped onto iPlayer. It wasn't released. I don't think it was broadcast on the channel, or at least, you know, the traffic that it's getting is mostly, I think, from iPlayer. Um, it is, yeah, it's a BBC drama. It's, you know, BBC dramas have been produced in a certain way for a very long time, but I think that they are now changing their style uh, to suit this kind of. It's similar. I may destroy you is a good example. Um, of, I, I'm, I'm quite out on a limb in saying, I thought I'm was quite weak. Um, it had a lot of flashbacks every time uh, the main character had some kind of remembrance of her uh, abuse. She, it would suddenly cut to this very kind of frontal shot of a, a, a man raping her. You know, it was like very, uh, And I understand that's meant to intensify the experience of trauma and so on, but it just was this, you were never left in any, you're never given the space to imagine what someone might be thinking at any one time. You're always immediately told this character is thinking this right now or feeling this or remembering this. Um, and I I just think that's tremendously disempowering for the viewer. It gets people used to a, a more passive viewing experience. Obviously, like inherently watching something is to an extent passive, but you can make films and drama. And they, the films and drama have been made in the mainstream on mainstream platforms like the BBC um in the past not to get too nostalgic but you know like people like alan clark and stuff they would make dramas where you would really fill in the gaps and you would be allowed to think for yourself about what a character was thinking or you'd be allowed to just wonder what a character was thinking and that era seems to have gone and i do think it has something to do with social media uh, and i do think it has something to do with um netflix and the way things are produced even black mirror was more subtle in its first series his first iteration on Channel Four, than when it w- went to Netflix.
1: What's the connection with social media? Because I th- I always think that people when they invoke social media are, are doing a disservice to their own criticism. Normally, partially because social media is such a kind of a voluminous thing, but it's also a thing that is um, so tied up with people's conceptions or, and like feelings about it. Yeah, yeah. So I, like, it what, what do you mean? It d- exactly?
0: deserves elaboration. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that when you when the the typical way that people express themselves on social media is an image and then text and the image is um could on its own be something quite mysterious, you know. Right, yeah. It could just be someone, you know, um it could it, it could it's I mean you talk about the 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 Kuleshov effect, you know, the way the ima- sequence of images changes the, the, the meaning is attached to, to each individual image. Um and um and yeah the say someone posts a selfie and then below they say you know, I've been really worried about Ukraine, or they say I've I've just been diagnosed with cancer, or I've just recovered from cancer, or I've you know got this amazing job. You know, like there is a constant um, the mode of ex- self expression, and it is self expression on social media, um, demands that you that everything is clarified and co- and and there's a commentary on everything, and you know even even in a TV series like Chloe, which is trying its best to play on mystery it's trying its best to be a, a somewhat of a detective i think that's maybe why it fails as a detective piece because it's 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 riding this balance of of oh chloe we don't know we, what really happened and then on the other hand every time something happens it's kind of like I'm sig- tell you what it's happening. signaled to yeah. you in this very very obvious way which means that the reveal itself of of why she killed herself or why she might have killed herself um is a bit underwhelming and actually we don't really care we don't really care that much about the, about that character because she's she's been revealed to us um in a very bait uninteresting way that's that's i mean that's very synonymous with social media and the film itself does show a lot of social media which wouldn't necessarily be i might add it wouldn't necessarily be a problem to show social media on screen but it's just the way that everything is coded immediately as it's shown is kind of it's a bit for me it's kind of anti-art it's anti with the thing that our only art can do which is to like be ambiguous sometimes strategically ambiguous at certain points in order to conjure something that is like ineffable between us
1: yeah i, I, I disagree that only art can do that but i think definitely one of the important
0: aspects memes of can, can do it too
1: precisely i mean <laughs> uh, 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 memes are the central art form of the year well then and i'm not even joking then only then
0: it does then my point if memes are art then yeah, yeah i right. think everything that i think that everything that can do that is in some way art okay let's put it down that that
1: that's uh, extremely useful for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good 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 uh, save
0: as you'd say <laughs> yeah <laughs> go on what else what else does that
1: well i mean i'm going to do it by talking by talking, I mean, discourse can be ambivalent. Like, discourse, even though I kind of demanded that you cash out and extrapolate from what you meant by social media there. Mm-hmm. in your rather kind of vague use of the term initially. Like, even though I demanded that of you, I could mm-hmm. have
0: not. And yeah. Like, it could have been ambiguous
1: ambigua- ambiguous, and so on. Like, I think there's a kind of a...
0: But there's a difference between being unclear and being like... I mean, sometimes people can just be un- in- inarticulate. Yeah, or in Or or, or, indi- or just like not make their point very well. Yeah. And what I <laughs> <laughs> what I'm arguing really? I'm not I'm not saying that I did not know. I'm not saying that make that that doing that makes what you do art. I'm saying that like choosing very carefully moments in which to to not show things is I think um is 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 art is inherently artistic. And sometimes journalists yep. do that. Sometimes you know, sometimes that that sort of discretion pops up in other forms. But generally, the modus operandi of promotional material journalism um you know a discourse conversation is to make everything clear yes um and 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 there's a rational a rationality behind that way of communicating,
1: yeah, explicitation yeah. anyway,
0: I feel like we've gone we uh, I enjoy, fine, I this enjoyed this Darif, but I think we there's another important thing we want to talk about from this
1: yeah, I mean like so one of the artists, probably of the contemporary era who we talked about of course last time uh. Who has most ably straddled all the ambivalences of the contemporary period, um, and also with extraordinary success, and who nevertheless is failing to do that consistently in his most recent work (laughs) is Kanye West. Kanye West. So, genius.
0: Genius. The documentary just came out Uh, by Kudi and Chike. Yeah, three-part series released by Netflix. Um, It's it's may it, it does it so it centers um well, i'm gonna say centers kudy kudy it, it, the, the, the filmmaker who, yeah. the, the guy who knew kanye west um in some ways better than better than most people yeah in his life um maybe better than almost everyone in his life apart from his mother apart from his mother um but you know but his mother i mean that's sort of almost exceptional in a way with that relationship Coody um, uh, met Kanye West in the late 90s Kudi was uh, about five years older than him found him was enchanted by his energy uh, was producing all these videos just he was just like a he was a stand-up comedian as well but he was also like just a rapper's filmmaker he was hovering yeah. around on the scene um, filming things uh, and capturing capturing and he ended up following Kanye around and capturing his irresistible rise seeing him go into uh, record studios Rockefeller and playing his demos and and like just just trying to be heard trying to be heard as a as a, he already had, had become one of the most prominent hip-hop producers but no one was interested in hearing his his bars initially and he made sure they did hear his bars and he made sure he became the Kanye West we now know so well um the first two parts operated a much slower pace um because essentially Coody was around Kanye a lot more in between 1999 and 2007, 2006 um, and so uh, or 2005 it kind of, part two sort of ends in 2004, 5 so yeah that's, that's just after um uh, the, the College Robert, Robert has come out, out, his first album yep. so I was very, um, I won't say too much about the first two parts, they're just really inspiring They're just, it's just amazing to watch him kind of push his way to the top um, yep. And 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 just great scenes of him recording with other people and improvising and you know uh, and like very nice scenes of him with his mother. Part three is a kind of whistle stop tour through nine albums and and many many ups and downs. Yeah. Um. Most notably, the death of his mother uh, in two thousand and seven as a result of um botched um well a, a kind of a, a, a botched plastic surgery. Um. He uh he is seen he is seen mostly through uh there are these kind of news clip news montage clips of various controversies, interviews with him, but he is seen most intimately in the moments where he's reconnected with Cootie, the filmmaker. And it does feel that he reconnected with Cootie when he wanted some connection, some kind of sense of reality. Um you know surrounded by yes men he wanted someone from the before time someone who knew him when he knew his when he when his mother was alive and who knew his mother very well which i believe could did um and so yeah by by its very nature you're seeing of in various moments of vulnerability and, and instability uh moments that we've kind of heard about through the news but we've not seen them up close yeah in this way and he has these rants uh he has a lot of rants there are a lot of scenes of him talking a lot and you just see everyone else not really talking just kind of listening waiting for him to sort of stop talking calm down yeah Yeah.
1: so he he gets a diagnosis of bipolar disorder that's the, kind of the important fulcrum point here although i think it should be stated that like it's not that kanye is like goes mad there's a kind of like well, it is, I mean, maybe he does. Like, but there's, I think there's a genuine ambivalence between whether or not that kind of emerges from his his like artistic persona uh, mm. as the kind of one of its imminent tendencies. But the tragedy of it, regardless of whether or not we kind of accept its kind of medicalization mm-hmm. and therefore its separation from him as a person, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's a genuinely kind of. I
0: mean, you could create your own disorder just based on his, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and
1: and, and th- 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 there's a there's a real difficulty I think in in describing any kind of medical clarity to, to what happens. Although he, uh, he, he gets the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um but the tragedy of it is that by the end of the third part, mm-hmm. he is telling people not to use negatives in sentences. Yeah. Like don't do that. Or like do not do like um you know I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. Um or like I didn't I, I, I knew that wasn't what I was or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, don't do that, don't say that, don't say that. Almost as if the very... And instead Which is just, negative itself. Tell yeah, but, but, but he's like, instead, yeah. we should say, I know what I am. Yeah. I know what we are, and so on. And and there's a unbelievable fragility yeah. that he's built up around himself. An like mm-hmm. unbelievable fragility. Yeah. And I kind of... I don't know. I mean, is it possible to think about this in terms of the art and the music and the the clothes and so on and the, the persona, which is like one of the his objects mm-hmm. without simply defaulting to this biographical mode where we're like, Well he's crazy or like, well he's got this kind of megalomaniac.
0: I mean that was the one the one aspect of the documentary I felt let down by was that it didn't acknowledge um that my beautiful Dark of Fantasy, mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. Life of Pablo, Donda, Kids See Ghosts especially, but not limited to those albums are like extraordinary works of art well and it's a way it's heartbreaks on graduation and guys drop out um uh, but yeah yeah like it did it doesn't it sort of acknowledges that he managed that he got huge acclaim but it doesn't it glosses over this long this very important period where he made he made some of the best music of the 21st century by far um and it doesn't yeah it doesn't have a way to acknowledge that And, and and in a way yeah in a way no discourse right it doesn't Maybe, as he says on feedback, you know, name one genius that ain't crazy. Maybe his madness has, has in some way informed or or kind of um, ignited a, a level of ambition that is that is that that you need in order to create such bombastic and and historic work. Yeah. Um, who can say? You know, some 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 geniuses uh, can port themselves with huge modesty. There's every there's a million different ways to be great, but. um and I don't, I don't, I don't feel any sense of judgment when I see Kanye bigging himself up. I do, however, feel a great sense of sadness when someone seems to be in a state of delusion or 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 in that f- fragile state of of outlawing negativity. And I've seen, I've seen people kind of vulnerable or or like mentally unstable people fall into a a solution. That solution might be a cult they've joined or. Um, an addiction group they've joined, or um, uh, religion, in the case of Kanye, um, and then after that, they say things like, "Every day is a good day because it, 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 it it's, uh, it's come after all the other days. Everything is good. Everything, every day, I feel great. Um, there are no negatives because it's all, it's all leading towards something. It's all positive. Um, this is not." like real these people like when people talk in this way uh, i'm not saying they're necessarily heading for a huge crash but it just disturbs me because it's it's not how most people think and so it kind of it, it isolates you from it's not accepting it's not accepting the just how life can be crap and weird and odd and strange sometimes and that sort of that makes me feel something bat, something troubling is happening, or that someone is out of reach of someone who can kind of um, advise them. It's not good to be submissive to others or or capricious to others others advice, but it's also not good to be totally uh, indefatigable, totally um, uh, and I think Kanye West does, apart from his dad on FaceTime, who says after the mad abortion speech uh, maybe write a script next time um and apart from his mum, who of course is dead now, so he doesn't have her uh, to kind of um bring him back to back to Earth. Um, you know, he doesn't no one none of these other people, even coody when he announces his his run for presidency, says, Oh well I knew Kanye did it doesn't is not a fan of the word can't, so I just said if you conceive and believe you will achieve. I don't know why you'd say that to someone who is running for president and very clearly, obviously, um, is wasting their time in that particular pursuit.
1: I think so. Yeah, uh, maybe to kind of drag this back towards the. I mean, I agree with almost everything you said there. To, to kind of drag this back towards the the discussion of kind of vibe and uh, mood and um, judgment, as mm-hmm. you said, like that there is there is a sense in which it's not that Kanye West's um, musical output is like post judgment but no. it's not far off, right? Like, there is a sense, <laughs> that there, is, there is a kind of a sense in which the...
0: The lack of cringe, you mean?
1: Uh, It's refusal of cringe. Or yeah. Like it's, it's kind of ability to just completely sidestep. I cringe. talk to
0: God every day. That's my bestie. Yeah, like, and, and like, he means it. And he's, yeah. He's, he's, he, and it's you, so beautiful. that That is like one of my favorite things about Kanye is that he, is that his he can be cringe and he doesn't give a shit. He refuses that very much. He refuses someone being like,
1: uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that cringe is the only kind of judgment, but I think it is a, a predominant one at the yeah. moment. It, because of its contradictoryness, because of its its extraordinary tensions between all the different aspects of, you know, the religious, the uh, the kind of the sexual dimensions of the work, the violent dimensions of the work, mm-hmm. the kind of the braggadocious aspects of the, work, mm-hmm. the, the deeply humble and like, mm-hmm. kind of gr- grateful and the excited and just like joyful aspects, all, mm-hmm. all these different kind of aspects, because of its contradictoryness, because of its extraordinary tension and tautness as work. It makes it insane that you would be like, oh, this is good or this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and therefore, in some sense, it's much more like a mood. Yeah. But it's a mood that because of its articulacy mm-hmm. does not fall into this trap of being like inexpressible. No. So it can be known, it can be understood, yeah, yeah. but it can't ever be completed. Right? It can be it's and this is this is, I think, is why I become so angry <laughs> with like uh, music critics who are not like worthy to like kiss his feet like because they are just completely incapable
0: of suspending their own petty judgments yeah on his put on usually on his personal life or yeah. his attitude yeah rather than on form which is an area in which he has consistently excelled pretty much yeah. even even in, you know an even album like jesus is king which i think is let down by his kind of his belligerence
1: but it, it's let down it, precisely because it doesn't embody a contradiction
0: yeah yeah um very well said yes and i think i think um as we said before about i am a god you know con- embodying contradictions is something kind of does extraordinary i well mean there's an amazing
1: interview in the thing i just told you what i was a god so the context is um he's like people i wrote a song called i am a god and people are like who are you who do you think you are to 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 call a song He's like i just told you i'm a god
0: yes beautiful so without getting too sidetracked by our our mutual appreciation yeah yeah. of um yeah i
1: mean is it a sidetrack i feel like stan stanning people is like a major aspect (laughs) of this podcast no totally but i I
0: just think there's an important point uh that i'm pressing you on with regards to these this article about vibe about mood and energy and 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 these 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 categories being important and how you see the project of analyzing pop in relationship to like um these emotions, even of, of cringe or, or just judgment in general, like what, what's the yeah. role of judgment in pop essentially? I guess,
1: yeah, that, that's really good. Yeah, so I was gonna try and summarize. Um,
0: you can use Kanye as an example if you need,
1: yeah, I will do. So, Kanye is a kind of a a, an, uh, a, a, thing that frustrates the distinctions mm-hmm. that like critical discussion puts upon mm-hmm. it, which is why it's great art, right? Um, okay, so that th- there's a kind of a tension between knowingness and unknowingness mm-hmm. in the, Pop is always new, but it always has to be predictable. Mm-hmm. And its predictability, which it's, it's it's in some ways its it's pre knownness, its pre tunedness, is part of its newness. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowingness and unknowingness are both functions that allow you to express judgment. Yeah. Um, that is like, you know, uh, you, I- in order to judge something, it kind of has to be knowable Mm -hmm. to be coherent and atmospheres moods vibes energies and so on you can't really judge them you can decide that you want to leave them Mm -hmm. you can try and want to change them you can try and make bad vibes into good vibes Mm -hmm. but it's um it's not a thing that you can stand outside of and say okay this is good this is a good vibe this is a bad vibe this is Mm -hmm. you you could say the vibes are fucked you could say the vibes are off Mm -hmm. and then you have to do something about it yeah but you can't judge a vibe it's not like a knowable object that allows you to
0: yeah. It manifests the other things.
1: precisely, and and, and and so because of this there's a what like Kanye's art does is get past the distinction between the knowable object and the unknowable object. Mm-hmm. Right? By being immensely expressive full of contradiction
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yet an, an extraordinarily braggadocious and not like completely gnomic mm-hmm. um utterly involved in like the single, the singular and irrepeatable um, thoughts of like himself as a, mm-hmm. as a person, right? And therefore kind of you know, not communicable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're either in the Kanye vibe or not. And because it embodies such an intense degree of contradiction, getting outside of the, the work of art to be like, oh, this is good, this is bad, it's just like nonsense. Yeah.
0: And therefore... Although but- we can say that uh, on a formal level, which is how I've always approached criticizing Kanye, I can, you know, we can say that
1: but what what are you gonna be for there?
0: Well, I think that um you know, um well I was arguing with with um my friend Daniel about um how Dan. How, how how Donda Two he said that Donda Two's production was too kind of um crunchy and and like reduced and it didn't he didn't like the sound of it at all and he thought it was sort of ch- cheap. That's and a shame. I, and I was saying that I think that that reduced this, that kind of way it had been kind of um, bl- things that had been blended together. I found like really powerful. Yeah, and I can't really like. It's a funny argument because it's like I can't really talk Daniel into agreeing with me, but um, uh, and he can't talk me into agree- you know in, sure. Into I mean, to set of judgments, you know, can't discuss. But 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 uh, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have them. That doesn't mean we shouldn't try and like connect on what we think yep. does work or doesn't work um but i think that's i don't know how that relates to vibes and moods but i definitely think what we would what we did in the last podcast when we reviewed on the two when we talked about um the get lost the track um why that the repetition and variation something which several reviews have now said they find to be prosaic and and, and dull and unambitious why for for, for us minimalism is extremely moving and expressive the lack yep. the you know and uh, 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 may if i may bring in a comparison point that i've that has been on my mind since you since you were talking about Kanye in this mode it, it, it is it is uh, Kendrick lamar who yeah. doesn't get spoken about very much now um very much had his moment if we were doing pop brain in 2014 we would have yes. probably done a whole episode about pimp butterfly um mm-hmm. And uh, and then he did this album, Damn, that was kind of seen as like a sort of post-Trump response. Um, his work is um, or was loved and embraced by critics. I think the Needle Drop made it his album of the year and gave it a ten out of ten. Um, his work explains itself; it tells you what position it takes, you know, the identity of the artist and the identity of the artist is 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 is, is and the politics associated with that is all consistent there aren't really any contradictions um well
1: there are contradictions between the things that Kendrick Lamar is as a person but there are not contradictions within the artwork
0: no the artwork is like even though it has like moments of poetic style language it is in effect like it is like uh, follows a realist mode essentially um yeah and um uh and and I think that's why he he hasn't I mean, maybe he'll make a great album this year. I don't know, but like, he he doesn't seem to have endured or like maintained a voice that is a fraction of has the fraction a fraction of the vitality of Kanye West, because he is essentially whether whether intending to or not, he is feeding a very rational conversation about what is good and bad. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think that's correct about about um, Kendrick Lamar. I, I think I was just kind of wanting. I've been mean, kind of puzzling over this question of why people kind of root for Kanye so much mm-hmm. and why I find myself rooting for him throughout yeah. the documentary. I think it's like, what if the world contained a person who was genuinely as amazing as like Kanye West believes himself? <laughs> like it'd be a much better world. Yeah. yeah much yeah. more exciting world.
0: Interesting. I thought what you were going to say was what if everyone had that same level of self-belief? Oh, <laughs> that'd be Which- awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't, I think, I think, I actually think that a lot of the world, I mean, I, I think, I think he's a bit of a narcissist uh, in a way, I suppose. Absolutely, completely. Um, 100%. But I mean, there are so many different flavors of narcissists these days. But, um, but I think that, like, his, his level of, um, a lot of people hate him because they hate the fact that someone has the confidence to, I mean, when, when he, and when he points this out, he's absolutely correct. You know, they don't like a black man getting up and saying, you know, I can do this. I can be a genius. You know, uh, I can. I am a god or whatever. Like after he says, "I just told you what I am. I'm a god." He says, "You know, would they prefer it if I said I am a n word?" Um, you know, so he's quite conscious of 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 um of not just on a, on a racial level, but just generally like bigging yourself up is not the done thing to do, and that yep. feeds into a general sense of pe- of people's self esteem. You know, I mean, Kendrick Lamar was a lot about self esteem. It's a big topic in in rap. Self esteem um but in art
1: this is the this is the opening of yay yes i could say i could say something like i'm struggling with loving myself because that seems like a common theme Mm. but that's not the case
0: yeah yeah and that's the thing people would love to um uh people would love to dismiss it's a very easy way to dismiss someone who has grand ideas about themselves to say oh well they're just a narcissist they just got this personality disorder they're just struggling to kind of like be loved or whatever Uh, They're just making grandiose statements and grandiosity is just the other side of, um, of um, hating yourself. Yeah. Um, There might be truth to that, but it it doesn't really matter because essentially we can only be judged on our actions. Uh, And, you know, Kanye's actions are (laughs) colossal. Uh, You know, he's, he's created extraordinary music as previously discussed. I suppose what I'm getting at here is that, uh, that self, yeah. A lot of the world's pain and and suffering is the result of people being insecure, having an bit, having an inability to truly really, uh, realize their aims and resenting others for 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 being able to.
1: That's true, but I think I mean the the reason why I say it would be disaster if everyone had the confidence of Kanye West is because he's clearly a profoundly unhappy man. Yeah, like deeply, deeply unhappy yeah in a way that i don't think anyone is ever going to be able to overcome and that's part of the way including him uh, i mean definitely him uh and no one would ever be able to get over that and his mum was the one who was kind of holding him in this position mm-hmm. where he could use that profound sense of unhappiness towards something that was genuinely productive and contradictory and beautiful
0: which he still was after. which he still she was died. afterwards yeah but then there's a gradual more unspooling. So. yeah yeah but even so he's still making great music
1: that's true yeah i mean i i guess yeah, and then this is kind of mildly replaced by Kim Kardashian, right? And then and then falls apart. I don't know what happens in two thousand eighteen. Basically, he he gets on the Trump train and then gets off the Trump
0: train. Yeah, there's an amazing. I mean, talk about contradictions. There's an amazing tweet after all that sunken place stuff. You know, while while literally while Kendrick Lamar was releasing "Damn" and and there was this real like, um, you know, this total liberal retardation on the upon the matter of Trump being president and Kanye was wearing the maga hat and all this stuff and being called, yeah. being called uh, you know said that you know being called like a, a tool for for the right um and uh and then he tweets this thing saying i've been i've been used to yeah to express things i don't believe i'm going to i'm going to leave politics uh forever and then he runs for president. Too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, t- t- to be fairness, he runs for president by leaving politics. Right? Like, there's no yeah. politics to what he does. Only he's has kind of stupid opinions about abortion.
0: Yeah, which is political. Yeah, that's true. But that's it, but it's true. It actually. But it's not really about. It's not really it about it the fun- politics, right? It's about him. It's like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, if you it, killed me? Yeah, it's true. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> like, it,
1: that famous kind of example that people are like. It's very f- true. One of the kind of pastors in America love to do. They're like, what if you'd, you know, like you killed someone. Uh, you, you, yeah, there, there was a child or like an unborn baby or whatever. what what kind of terminology they'd use, and that they were like th- this, this kind of uh, this infant uh, was like the seventh child of like a kind of a syphilitic mother, mm-hmm. and then like you know all the others had died in, in miscarriages, and like would you abort that baby? And then I mm-hmm. was like, yeah, of course, I, that that seems reasonable. To have an abortion in that serious like, mm. well, you'd have killed Beethoven. Like, <laughs> that's a very common argument I've heard a lot of times you know, in like that kind of uh, you know, right wing kind of anti-abortion stuff. Mm-hmm. But Kanye is the only person I've ever heard to make the argument about himself. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And in that sense, in that yeah, there's a, an, an an amazing uh, apoliticalness to his run for president in yep. a way, the way it functions, and the, and the criteria in which it's measured, and like yeah just the aesthetics of it
1: i mean he's not wrong he and trump both do have dragon energy
0: yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and very few people in politics do now yeah um i mean Boris johnson like sort of kind of has it when he's allowed to but yeah in general it's very rare and we kind of we like dragon energy on this podcast because it's pop